have to still hit record. Myron and Christy aren't going to listen. I'm a little nervous at the thought of people listening. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Chris. And we're bringing you another Something Offbeat mini-sode. Today, Lauren found the topics, and some of them are less than appropriate. I am very serious about this job, and our listeners love inappropriate stories. They love the naked guy on the poker table. I'm just trying to give the people what they want. Hopefully our bosses don't listen to this. I think that they'll love it. I support my naughty topics. And some of these topics have actually been on our list for a while, but they were just like a little too naughty or a little too gross for us to do full episodes about. Part of the reason why we do these mini-sodes is to connect with you guys and get some feedback from you about what episodes you really like and what topics you like. So if you like the naughty stuff, let us know. If you've got your own inappropriate you know, stories that you want to hear more about, send them in to us. We might even read emails that you send us, but send them. If you want to do that, email us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Or you can reach out to us on X, formerly Twitter. I'm at Chris C. Blake. And I'm at LaurenBerry91. Our host, Mike, is at K-R-L-D Mike Rogers. So our first story today is actually not one of the inappropriate ones, although it is a little bit sad. It comes from Odyssey, and it says federal officials are warning riders of certain electric scooters to stop using them immediately after two people, including a seven-year-old, died in a fire that was sparked by a battery inside the device. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission released the urgent warning about the two elite 60-volt electric scooters. So I wanted to talk about this one because I live um, in Chicago and in my neighborhood. These scooters are everywhere. You can get them from Uber. So I feel like tourists are sometimes on these scooters and they don't really know how to use them. And they're kind of like confusedly bumbling around with the scooters and I'm really worried about them. And this just proves me right. And I love stories that prove me right when I'm afraid about things. And they could also hit you while they're stumbling around on the scooters. They could hit me or my car, you know, it's frightening. Have you seen, you said you've seen them around in Dallas. Yes. They're all over the place in Dallas. Not so much outside of the city. I am personally too afraid to get on one because I think I would probably crash immediately. I do not have the best balance in the world. Same. And you're like, but you're like a spinning instructor. I feel like that bike is firmly planted on the ground, but I feel like you'd have a better shot than, than me on those. Um, I don't have confidence that I would be able to get it around the city on those scooters. I used to ride a Razor scooter around the neighborhood growing up. Does that count? It might. I had one of those too. Um, I I did like wipe out on it though, at least once. I did a couple of times too, trying to jump over stuff or yeah. starting to get a little too creative with it. Or you hit that sidewalk crack and you just... Kind of like a Segway tour that you see in some cities. Yeah. I feel like I would eat it very quickly on those. Totally. I I don't know how just like random tourists just get on those and balance right away. We got to do yoga. Better balance, better core strength. Yeah. Or maybe I should just like start a Segway regimen, face my fears. So this is one of the the naughtier ones, but it is a story that my boss uh, assigned one of my coworkers. So it's 
Odyssey management approved. Um, Elon Musk, after changing the name of Twitter to X, um, also has recommended changing the names of some other popular websites. Um, he recently offered Wikipedia, everyone's favorite online encyclopedia, $1 billion to change its name to Dickopedia. 12-year-old um, me loves this story. 12-year-old me likes this story too. I feel like that's a lot of, not to bash Elon Musk too much, but I feel like that's a lot of Elon Musk's hijinks are very solidly seventh grade. It's a lot of wars of words and not as much in the form of substance. True. I'm a little salty to him. I think that you might be able to relate to this, but we I had like a few months of being a blue check on Twitter before he changed the verification process. And now I, I don't have it anymore. But I'm I, I'm a little resentful of Elon Musk for making me, you know, be not notable again, even though that's like probably more accurate but you were a blue check too right yes i got verified at my last job they wanted everybody to have one and now that i don't it doesn't bother me that much because now when you see the blue checks they're completely <laughs> meaningless it's just it's embarrassing it's just random person tweeting from their basement that is verified we're being completely elitist right now we are i'm sorry if you're if you pay for the blue check it's probably for a good reason i I don't judge you too much. I'm just being resentful because I lost mine. Doesn't it come with other features though? Like, can't you go back and- I think so. I think it means that like, yeah, they can edit. There's other stuff. I'm still not going to pay for it because I don't use Twitter enough, but- I just don't want to pay for it out of principle. And I'm ready to jump ship whenever everybody else decides that threads is the thing to do. Or if there's another social media platform that comes Mm -hmm. up, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go to the next one. We just got to all decide which one we're using. True. It's kind of like a a void right now. I feel like people haven't decided yet. Like, did you have a MySpace? I did. But like, it was so quick, like the transition from MySpace to Facebook, like everyone was like suddenly on Facebook. You didn't even have to think about it. This is a little bit rougher, the Twitter exodus. Also for this topic, uh, Dickopedia, I'm not, I don't keep up on Elon too much, but I know that he has like other jokes like this and stuff. So if you guys, if our listeners have favorites that you want us to cover, send us in your funny Elon hijinks. I've been assigned all of the stories involving death this week. So our next one is about the world's oldest dog who died at the age of 31 last week. His name was Bobby and he lived in Portugal and was the oldest dog, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, he was declared such in February of last year when he turned 30, but made it another year and five months on top of that. I think this gives hope to every dog owner that wants their dog to live forever, even though the odds of reaching 30 are probably extremely low. I think that's great, though. Like It, it does give you hope. I had a dog that died like pretty young. He was eight. He had cancer. It's it's really tough to lose a dog. I hope your dogs live until their 40s. I hope they break all the records. I would love that. And my wife rarely, if ever, listens to anything I put out. So she's not going to hear this. But we can't even talk about possibly one of them. The one that she got first before we lived together without her coming close to crying. She... Even thinking about that day 
is uh is a little bit tough but I think it's very relatable it is and I um Bobby like I gotta say looked great he looked really young he looked very wise though looking at a picture of him right now like like he could maybe tell you the day that you're gonna die but he also like like his coat looks great I don't know who his owner was but they were taking really good care of that dog his owner, according to this article, was a guy named Lionel Costa. And Bobby also, I guess we should mention the breed. I might butcher this, but I believe it's Rafero do Alentejo. At least that's my non-accent pronunciation of it. It's a breed of Portuguese dog that is trained and used to guard livestock. Oh, cattle dogs are like really cool dogs, I must say. They're like very smart. My family friends had one. It was really great. You just had to teach it something like one time and then it always knew. One of my aunt and uncles had one. And when we would go over to their house, they would basically try to herd my cousins and me. Like they would just run circles (laughs) around us. And if somebody tried to move, the circle just got wider and they would try to guide them back towards the middle. Yes. I actually, I did an interview once, like an in-person interview when I was in newspapers and the the man who I was interviewing had a cattle dog and he kept joking that it was like trying to herd me away from him. It was like sick of me interviewing him for hours. And he's like, the dog's trying to get rid of you. So our next one is something that was on our list a long time ago, but it's kind of gross and we never got to it. Um, So it was about this seaweed blob that weighs 13 million tons that was floating towards Texas. And um, it was, I believe, in the spring expected to make landfall. It's called sargassum, which is also kind of a gross word. Um, No offense. I don't know if that's offensive to anybody, but I'm not a big fan of that word. And it's actually this brown algae that's really abundant in the ocean, um, but it has like these leafy appendages and branches and berry-like structures. Um, Yeah, kind of, kind of weird, like a big floating sea plant. And then eventually in May, this sargassum did wash up um, on Texas beaches. And recently, a college of marine science in Florida received a $3.2 million grant to develop a forecasting system for sargassum so people could, you know, so we could know when it's going to wash up on these beaches. Aside from the word itself, another awful line from this article is it emits a pungent smell as it decays. Yeah, that's a nasty thing about it. So you live in Texas. Did you encounter the sargassum at all this year? I did not. We went to one of the beaches in Texas once this summer near Galveston, not quite in the city of Galveston. And Texas is not known for its great beaches. They do get better the further south you go. Like Galveston is the worst. Corpus Christi is a little bit better. You get all the way down to like South Padre Island. Things get a little bit better the closer you get to Mexico. But yeah, Galveston, that area, not the nicest beaches in the world. But sometimes you just have to do it. You know, you just need a little... You can go to a trash beach and have some fun. Um, But you didn't run into any sargassum there. I don't think so. If I did, I just chalked it up to the normal seaweed patches that you normally see on the beach whenever you go. 
Yeah. I know I've been kind of hard on it, but I'm also reading here that it's like a floating habitat for a lot of sea animals. Um, it is provides breeding grounds for fish, sea turtles, marine birds, crabs, and shrimp, um, which that all sounds like very busy, but I do love to eat crabs and shrimp. So I guess I'm thankful for the sargassum. So it's important to the ecosystem. Yes. I don't want to run into it though. And Chris is lucky to get our next topic. Yes. And this is a story we really wanted to do last spring. Lauren, I think you even reached out to the group that was petitioning the county for this. I did. This happened in Broward County, Florida, and a dominatrix addressed the Fort Lauderdale City Commissioners demanding the construction of a BDSM dungeon in the county. She addressed them by saying, you may call me mistress. So there's an update to this, right? Yeah, so this was basically kind of like a a big promotional tactic for this nightclub that it's called Crave X Miami. And in a press release, it was called the hottest and most anticipated uh, nightclub in, in the Miami area. I believe it's LGBTQ and women owned. And I, it looks like the, the nightclub is open. Like according to Google, it seems like you could, you could go there. It's in Hialeah and it's in um, the space that used to be establishment called Pink Pussycat. I haven't been able to get out to Miami to experience it myself. Seems like fun. So there's a cover, which is $20, but it also says an encounter with Mistress Crave, who I'm going to assume is the same person who petitioned the county commissioners. An encounter with her costs $5,000. Yeah, I would not pay that much. She seems nice. She seems nice. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting outfit. I I wouldn't pay $5,000 to see her, though. Sorry, Mistress Crave. Apologies. How about you? You, Are you headed to Miami soon? I don't think so. It's not on on the list anytime in the next year. Um, I was like, I wish that they had responded to me, though, because they seem to want promotion and I wanted to to talk about it. It's an interesting tactic going to to City Hall and demanding that they help you create your, your nightclub an interesting use of city funds i believe they wanted to dip into a million dollars that was earmarked for waste management for the city to instead use for the bdsm club yeah i waste management is important i'm happy that those funds have remained earmarked for that Thanks for listening to our latest mini-sode of Something Offbeat. Hope you enjoyed it, and I hope that you send us in your own mini-sode topic ideas. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Monday when Lauren and Mike will dig into the worm that was found in a woman's brain in Australia. Yep, get to learn all about parasites. See you Monday.